You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. This is Michael Lichens, your faithful editor today. And today I am very pleased to welcome Miss Lisa Cotter. She is part of a missionary family through Focus with her husband, Kevin. And many of you might remember her when she published and we republished an article on Kiara. And this little article has been read by over 70,000 of you so far. And it was the article that had me and the rest of the folks here at Sophia wonder, could we bring Kiara's story back to the United States in book form? And that's exactly what we've done. So we've released Kiara Corbello Petrillo, A Witness to Joy. And this has been a wonderful book. Many people have loved it. I have not yet met anyone who's read it and not been affected by it. And that includes me, who did most of the editing with the English translation. It is an amazing book. And Lisa was the beginning of that. It has also been influenced by Kiara. So we're going to talk a little bit about Kiara and what her story promises us. So Lisa, welcome to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, it's absolutely our pleasure. So to start out, uh, just tell me, how did you first hear about Kiara and why do you have such great interest in her? Yeah, you know, I like to think of it as more that Kiara found me. Um, I agree. She, I think she did the same thing to me, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy. A couple um, days after her funeral, actually, I had one of our um, my fellow focused missionaries send me an email, and she said, Lisa, I just um, heard from a friend who attended the funeral of this Italian woman by the name of Kiara, and it was just this incredible event and experience. And it, she's a wife and a mother, and she's got this incredible story. And um, my friend was telling me all about it. I immediately thought of you. I thought, gosh, Lisa needs to know who this person is. And I thought, oh, wow, that's cool. Like, a holy woman in Italy. That sounds great. Like, I'll be looking for her, you know? I, there was really nothing about her that had been translated into English yet when I searched her name. You know, she's mm-hmm. all Italian, so all I could see was a picture or something. Um And then a couple weeks later, I got an email from another friend, um, Sister Tatum, with the Apostles of the Interior Life. And Sister Tatum was actually a student of mine when I was a hall director at Benedictine College. So I was her dorm mom for for a year. And then she eventually joined uh, the Apostles of the Interior Life. And she sent me an email and said, Lisa, you got to know about this incredible woman named Chiara, who um, just recently passed away in Italy. Um, and fortunately, she had been at the funeral um, along with some other sisters of hers in the order. And they had put together uh, like a slideshow um, with different, um, a couple of pictures and then some pieces of her story that they had gathered and translated from Italian oh. into English. And so she sent me that and she said, you know, I just thought of you with this story. I would love if you had some way that you could spread the message of Chiara. There's, you know, through your different avenues and work with focus, um, share her story. Cause I think this is a really incredible woman and something big is going to come from this. So I thought, okay, this is the second time I've heard about Kiara in a couple of weeks here. So I really got to look into this woman. <laughs> so I read yes. through all of her stuff. Um, of course I was like crying as I am watching this like <laughs> slideshow, which is so, you know, PowerPoint archaic slideshow. Um, and I thought, you know, I could really use this story coming up. Um, for a talk that I was preparing for a Focus Seek conference. And that's, I think this was 2000, I want to say 10, maybe. Um, it was, it, well, no, it, it would have been 2013, I think. So I put together um, her story and integrated it into my talk. Um, it was on authentic womanhood and, and real femininity and what it means okay. to be a woman. Yeah, so I, I gave this talk um, to to the women at Seek. It was during one of the all-women sessions and um, really moving um 
life that she had and, and women were very touched by it. So I came home and I took her story, put it into a blog article. Um, shared that on Focus, um, which then eventually you guys picked up and shared and and so on. Yes. And like I said, uh, that was originally published. I want to say you published that back in January of 2013, and we had republished yeah. it in uh, November of 2014. So really a year later. And I was, yeah. I mean, I loved her story. I had heard her story from one other author who had written about her and your article was so good. And I was so impressed. I was like, okay, let's republish this again. This looks really good. And the response was overwhelming, Yeah, still overwhelming. And yeah, that's really what brought the story of this book to life. And I don't think I've ever read or encountered a woman like Kiara ever before. And I think that's really her great joy. But what do you think is the attraction to her? Like, why is she so universal for like, you know, you and I are very different people and so many different people still have such great attraction to her. What do you think is behind that? I think part of it is, I mean, this was, you know, just a couple of years ago that she passed away. So she's very relevant mm-hmm. to our time. And it's it's kind of rare that you hear a story of somebody um, of such great holiness and such a broad, um, such a broad reach. And I think what's just so amazing about her is that she's just so normal. You, you, you read her and you think, I, I could have known her. Or she could have been my friend. You know, she's she's not out of touch or far away yes. or yeah, you you just you feel like like as you read the book, even you feel like like you know her. Um, and there's just something about her um, as a woman for our times and as a Catholic for our times that you can relate to her and to her story and what she's going through and the way that she's experiencing it is done in just such a a human way. But at the same time, she takes it to another level and um, shows great holiness throughout uh, her her life and her story and her illness. And it's just so inspiring, I think, to know that to, I, the way I, we phrase in the book too, I mean, saints are still being made. Like that's just such a exciting thing to consider and to know like this isn't just something for hundreds yes. of years ago, but there are people who can live holiness now in our world at this time in such a profound way. And that's, I think, what drew me so much to her. Uh, for me, I think the joy and suffering was what I was most impressed by because yeah. Yeah, that's inc- I've known many folks who've gone through similar situation, not to the greatest extent that she went through, but similar pains and similar struggles. And that there was still such joy, not only with Kiara, but with her husband Enrico. Yeah. Which, uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about Kiara and Enrico, kind of their relationship and what was uh, the backstory to it? I realize we're kind of leaving folks out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's this? What did she do? Yeah. What's what's on me? <laughs> yeah. She, um, well, I mean, her story, um, it starts kind of with at least at least the part with Enrico. Um, they met on pilgrimage um, mm-hmm. and um, kind of had an on again, off again relationship, which I think is something that people can really relate to in our day. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it brings a lot of comfort to people too. You know, <laughs> it's not like they met, fell in love, and got married, and it was all simple. Um, but they they really do spell out the struggle of that relationship and trying to decide: okay, are we called to marriage, and can we really choose this, and can we really? Um, live this vocation well. There's a lot of fear wrapped around that. You see that in their um, in their relationship when they talk about their engagement and our well their courtship, I guess, up to engagement. Um and so they met, you know, they um went through this on again off again process, got married. Um and then um shortly after that, Kiara was pregnant with her first child. Um and through that pregnancy at, at um, about partway through it, the doctors came to her and said, you know, Kiara, this baby's life will not be sustained outside of the womb. And we're so sorry. Um, but it, why don't you just abort the baby? Because it's the life. It, it, it's not worth anything. It's not going to matter. They're just going to die. 
And she immediately just said, oh my gosh, like, uh, no, I can't do that. I cannot do that. And they, they kind of tell the drama of it too. And how Enrico unfortunately wasn't there with her that day. And so she worried, you know, how am I going to tell him about this and what's he going to think and how are we going to move forward from here? But she shared it with Enrico and immediately he was like, no, we'll keep the baby. We'll do everything we can to give this baby life. So the baby was born um, and not able to sustain life. And within 20 minutes, the baby, um, passed away. They were able to baptize the baby and hold the baby, as they say, and then the, and then give it back to the father. So they mm-hmm. lost their first child that way. And then their second child was conceived. And again, Kiara was at the doctor's office. And um, throughout the pregnancy, they came to find out that this baby, too, would not be able to sustain a life outside of the womb. And originally, they were told that the baby wouldn't have any limbs. And they said, okay, then we'll have a baby without limbs, but we're still going to love this baby and we're going to care for this baby. And then later, it came about that Actually, this baby um, was not going to be able to live outside the womb, even with the deformities. Um, it, it just wasn't going to be possible. So again, you know, the idea, well, just abort the baby. Why go through this again? You've already gone through the trauma of this, losing a child. Let's just skip that suffering and we'll just move on. And they said, no, we're going to have this baby. We're going to give this baby as much life as we can. Same thing happens. Baby's born. Um, and shortly after, baby passes away and, and is baptized and goes to heaven. And so then, you know, I think what's incredible about them at this point is you would think that that would be a time for them to say, you know what, just forget it. Like, I can't bring myself to this kind of pain again, this kind of suffering again, open myself up for this possibility again and shut themselves off from life. Um, but that's not what they did, um, which is, is I, I think, truly a grace and incredible um, in and of itself, especially Kira talks a lot about, you know, kind of the stigma in Italy and people um you know, saying like, well, this is your fault. Like you're being punished for things. Um, oh my. Yeah. Which, which to me, I, I don't think we have that as much in American culture, but I, I couldn't imagine somebody saying that to my face. Um, but instead they just said, you know what? No, we're going to keep moving forward. And they had even gone through and checked to see, you know, are there um, genetic things going on that's causing this? Mm-hmm. And, and amazingly enough, there was no connection. It just was two very random occurrences of both of these pregnancies having these issues that um, resulted in life not being able to be sustained outside the womb. And so for a third time, they conceived a child. And this time, this baby was healthy, was doing great. I, I can't even imagine the joy you know, that must have come with that, knowing that everything was going well and, and there were no issues um, that they could see with, with the baby. And then um, partway through the pregnancy, the doctors came to Kiara. And this time they said, you know, Kiara, your baby's fine, but it's you that are sick. Um, And Kiara had um, a form of cancer. Um, She had a growth. And so they, um, you know, did some preliminary tests and some things that they could do that wouldn't harm the baby. But um, without surprise, Kiara, of course, said, we're not going to do anything that's going to harm this baby. We're going to figure out how to give this baby life. And if that means waiting for me to finish my treatments, and that means waiting for me to finish my treatments, but I'm, I'm not going to do anything that could potentially um, disrupt the life of this child or, or, you know, lose this child. Um, and so, you know, baby, baby was born healthy. Everything was great. A couple of days later, she went through um, the first of a series of treatments to try to cure her of her cancer. And eventually, um, you know, this is all late, you know, the whole process is spelled out in the book. Um, but she does come to find out um, that she's terminal um, and that she has about a year before she passes away. Um, and you get to see how she goes through that year of suffering um, and relates it back to the cross and relates it back to finding joy in the midst of every moment and um, not allowing that to deter her joy and her peace and 
um, it really is just incredible. I to to read it um, and to to imagine what that must have been like that suffering, but to see her overcome that is just incredibly inspiring and profound. Yes, it is. It, it absolutely is, and. It's hard. I know I put a lot of pressure on you. It's hard to really, even though she died so young, it's hard to even just take that big of a life and put it down in a five-minute talk. So <laughs> I can't have good work on covering that. But yes, uh, for the folks who may have not heard about her story yet, that's there. Uh, we have many resources on Catholic Exchange as well if you're not ready to buy the book. But uh, I think Lisa and I both can say you should buy the book and yes. get it any way you can. <laughs> On that note, uh, you've read the book now, haven't you? Yes, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the book? I'm just curious to know. Um, I I loved it. I um I loved the fact that it was um some friends of theirs, some close friends of theirs that authored the book. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really neat perspective. Um, to hear the story from um people who obviously knew her very well. Um, but also kind of had you know an outside look at. Whereas if it had been Enrico, I, her husband, I think it would have been a little bit of a, a harder take on. Yes. Um, hearing the story and getting the fullness of it, you know, as friends, you can kind of say things that a husband might be like, Oh, I probably shouldn't share that or say that, or, you know, make it seem as if, um, I don't know, kind of boastful about my wife or something, you know, but coming from Mm -hmm. the end, it's like, Oh yeah, you can, you can talk about how awesome she is. Um, and so I love the fact that it was written by, um, some friends of theirs who, who walked with them through it. Um, in the flow of it, um, it was very artistic. Uh, you could tell that, um, Simone and um, Christiana, um, you kind of have an artistic side to them. Um, just the way that it was told, um, they do like some flashbacks or they incorporate some of the songs that Enrico had written um, for Chiara or for their children. Um, that was kind of how he would express, you know, um, his thoughts and feelings going on um, during the time. Mm-hmm. Of, and and those those lyrics and, and, and poems are in there, which is um, very human and very uh, real to see. Um, so I, I loved that aspect of the book, um, how uh, just kind of the artistic touches to the book that just made it seem more real and more um, down to earth like Kiara was. What do you think is the mission of Kiara's story? Like, what do you think is the potential for folks who are looking at reading this? Like, if you had to put it down in just a quick phrase, what is what is the mission for reading this? And why are we folks like you and I so excited to share it? Yeah. I, I think it. I think um, it comes down to for me that Italian phrase, and I'm going to say it totally wrong, but the piccoli, okay. <laughs> the piccoli passi possibili. I think it's how you something close to that. Um, uh, you you did find. I speak a little Italian, oh. and you did fine. No worries. Okay, how do you say it? I don't have it written out in front of me, but piccoli <laughs> possibili. Jeez, uh, oh, I should have it written down in front of me. <laughs> in English, I can say it in English really well. Um, yes. Small possible steps. <laughs> Yes. So small possible steps, I think, is um, really at the heart of her spirituality. You know, you could talk about, you know, Therese has her little way. I would say on the heart of Kiara's spirituality would be those small possible steps, which she learned from the Franciscans. She talks a lot about, um, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, uh, but the father who um, who walked with them through it all. Um, that was kind of one of their mottos. Um, and really I, what that means, um, in, at least my understanding of it, is that um, – something big like walking through cancer or, or losing two children um, mm-hmm. after right after birth, really after birth. Like how do you get through that kind of suffering? How do you get through that kind of um, just intensity? And the way she approached it was those small possible steps. It wasn't, 
we're going to, you know, get through cancer. It was today I'm going to do this one little thing of um, giving up or making that sacrifice in that little way. Or we're just going to get through this one treatment or we're just going to get through this night or this five minutes, whatever it is. And it was just taking it step by step, those possible steps. Can I be holy in this one moment right now? Yes. Okay, great. Next moment. Can I be holy in this one moment right now? Okay, yes, great. And it's just taking that small, the small possible steps, getting you to the point of holiness um, and being able to look back and say, I, I did that. I was able to endure through that challenging time and those difficult moments mm -hmm. by just committing to those small possible steps. And uh, that's a mission I really enjoy about her and why I like many of the saints that I like, whether it's Therese or sorry, Francis de Sales, you know, that, uh, and I finally found it in the book I have in front of me, Piccoli Passi Passibili, yeah. uh, that idea of taking it one step at a time, taking it one moment at a time, because I think for many of us, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think for many of us, we think sainthood is something that has to be this grand plan and it has to have great successes and you can't ever fail at it and it has to be done in one moment like almost yeah. a conversion moment every other day as i like yeah with these stories i don't see that it's like she's just like you said uh so well we're not going to be cancer but i'm going to get through this day and i'm going to do it through with joy and with love and that's what amazes me about folks like kiara and so many of our other saints mm -hmm. yeah she found like her path to holiness and was able to to live by that Mm-hmm. As I like to say, at Catholic Exchange, our mission, and I have it right in the mission statement, that we're trying to make saints in our own time, and this is why I am attracted to Kiara and why I think our readers took on Kiara so readily and loved her so much is because she shows that, yes, you're a mother, yes, you have issues, you have problems, but you can still attain sainthood mm -hmm. in, our, in your time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For you, uh, if you had to pick one moment for the book... What do you think is the highlight of the book that just made you go, this is amazing. I can't believe we didn't know her story in America before now. <laughs> Ooh, a highlight of the book. Um, you know, besides every other page, as one friend told me when I gave it to her. Yeah. So. yeah. You know, this might sound, uh, uh, might be a surprising point for me. But I think one of the most inspiring and profound points for me was actually um, the points when you would see her encounter her suffering in, in the humanity of it. Um, so like she would talk about like, like the night after, um, her son, or sorry, two days after her son was born and she was going through her first procedure. Um, they explained what that suffering was like and how intense that was and how it mm. was difficult for her. Um, and, and for me, like that like, gave me so much comfort to be like, okay, like she did have moments of weakness where, where she admitted like, this is really hard. I'm really struggling right now. But then to see her like the next day, like wake up and just go, okay, and now we're moving on and, and find that joy again <laughs> was just like, wow. Cause I would have dwelled on that pain, you know, and, oh, yeah. and had everybody, you know, feel bad for me and bring me chocolate. And, you know, I would have played that <laughs> out and I would have, you know, sought, you know, comfort in, and, you know, people to, you know, oh, poor Lisa, you know, she's struggling. Where's Kiara? It was just like, in that moment, it was, it was terrible. And she talked, you know, they talked about what that was like, but then like the next day, it was just like, and I'm giving it over to our Lord and we're, we're taking the next possible step. And just to be able to move beyond that, um, incredible amount of suffering and pain, but also do it with grace, but recognize like, this is hard. Like, it's not like she was like, um, 
you know, it's all butterflies and rainbows as she laid in her hospital bed with her son away from her while she's going through these incredible, I'm just having a baby, having had a baby, you wouldn't understand this part of it, but just no. having had a baby. And then had to go through that um, procedure. I just, I can't even imagine um, how physically taxing that must have been. And to not be able to hold your baby in those first few days because you're going through those procedures. And um, it was just incredible to see how she was human about it and endured it, but then immediately gave it back to the Lord um, and, and was ready to, to continue to love him and to move on to the next thing. Well, the part of the book where I just had to put it down and go think for a minute was uh... – and I'm going to absolutely ruin the quotations because my memory is not what it used to be. But when Enrico asked her if the yoke was really sweet, mm-hmm. as Jesus promised in the Gospels, that his yoke is sweet and burden is light. And he descri- the authors describe her smile and her joy. And she says, yes, it is really sweet. Yeah. And I've not endured nearly that kind of physical suffering, but just in my daily sufferings, I never said it was really sweet. Right. These have never crossed my lips. Uh, usually it's words I can't say on a Catholic broadcast. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, even just uh, if that's the only time she ever said it was sweet, just to say it once for me is a testament because that's never escaped my lips. And I, we'll see what the Holy Spirit does. I hope <laughs> I could say that someday, but I don't right. see it happening. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the moment. Small steps, right? Maybe. <laughs> yes. Yes. Someday. <laughs> but. You mentioned it earlier, and I wanted to come back to it. You talked about the yes to God, uh, that she was able to say yes to everything that God sent her way. Can you go a little bit into that? What does that mean to say yes to everything? Um, I yeah, I think it's um, it's just ex- she talk. They talk about it, you know, and they 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 quote her in the book sometimes um, on this topic of just saying, you know, this is God's will. Like God's will be done, and um, not that. I'm sure she had moments, you know, where she struggled with that, but she knew like, but this is what my path to holiness. So, so I'm going to accept it. Um, I think, um, one thing that really struck me about her too, is the idea of, you know, it would have been amazing if, um, like there had been that great miracle and Kara woke up and she was healed. Um, yes. you know, and it was just like, Oh wow. Like it's gone and everything's perfect. It, you know, that would have been an amazing miracle. Um, but in a sense there was this greater miracle that was going on in her life and that she was able to find joy and peace in the midst of that suffering. Um, and I can't remember where I heard it or if I was talking to somebody, um, but I felt like they had talked about that. It's not, it's not in the book, but the idea that there's this greater miracle of being able to endure that suffering and being able to accept each of those things that was coming to them as they mm-hmm. came, um, whether that be um, you know, losing a child or the potential of having a disabled child and then losing that child or the cancer. Um, but the greater miracle of having peace throughout those moments as opposed to just magically being healed um, is just incredible. Certainly. And we're about out of time, Lisa. I know you and I could talk about Kiara, <laughs> this book and everything for hours on end, yeah. and I have no problem doing that normally. But uh, so for our listeners who might want to learn more about your writing, where can they find out more about you? Yeah, um, my, my kind of landing page right now is focus.org slash Lisa. Um, Mm-hmm. And that's where um, you can find some of my audio talks. Um, I, I also do speaking engagements, which is a lot of fun. I get to travel and do things. Um, nice. So, yeah, it is great. Um, and then my blogs um, are linked there as well. And I, 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 um, my blogs usually go up first at focus.org, which is where I am. Um, easy to find me there at focus.org slash Lisa. Or Perfect. Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> oh, okay, we'll have links to 
all that in our show notes, of course, on Catholic Exchange. So all of you who are listening, please do go to CatholicExchange.com where you can find more about Lisa. As well, learn more about Kiara because her story is amazing. We'll have several articles linked into the show notes that you can find. Uh, a couple, One, of course, will be Lisa's article, but also a great review by Mr. K.V. Turley, who fantastically wrote about it. And, of course, links to the book itself, uh, which is available as both a paperback and an electronic book. And I think we are also going to be having it as an audio book at some point, but we're still working on oh, these that's things. Great. So. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping. We're still experimenting with audio, but I'm hoping. <laughs> so we'll get, get it up. Uh, and if you all have any questions or would like me to explore other parts of Kiara, please email me at editor at catholicexchange.com. I love to hear from you and it would be a joy. And Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show and for telling us a little bit more about Kiara. Oh, I'm so glad to have had the opportunity to spread her story some more. <laughs> it's our pleasure. To all of you listening, thank you so much for tuning in. You can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Go to catholicexchange.com to learn more about these and other great people and learn how you can be a saint in your own time. God love you. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>